Welcome back to another episode of One Shot, One Quill, the show where I, Spencer, uh, as well as Ben, my co-host mm. here, prolong the amount of time I am not playing Halo Infinite with every second that we keep talking. So Ben, can you explain the premise of this show? I was going to apologize for the fact that I have pulled you away from Halo Infinite to record this show. Um, it, I, I would ask you to apologize if so many other things wouldn't keep doing it, such as uh, my fiance, mm. uh, the chores I have to do around my house, well, you don't bodily really have, functions, I mean, like needing to eat and go to the bathroom. Those last two and really the first one. I mean, I don't think they supersede Halo Infinite personally. Thank you. Thank uh, you. It's all I'll say. Thank you. But what does Spencer's this show, One Shot, One Quill, which is a tabletop RPG one-shot brainstorming podcast in which we take two items and one premise suggested by the listener. We roll dice to figure out which of those we're going to take, and then we mash them together. And at the end, we hope we have a starter for a tabletop one-shot that someone else could put together if they felt like it. This week, we've got three premises. And if you'd be so kind as to just roll the bones. Yeah, you know, I'm rolling those bones and oh, one fell off a mountain. So it's going to be two. Two, while partying with the PCs at a festival, a wizard and traveling salesman of potions, wands, scrolls, and more can't figure out what happened to his wagon load of goodies. All right. And then we have 101 items this week. If you could roll me a pair of big old many-sided bones. Mm, I've only got 102 bones, so I'm going to have to eat one. Uh, could you not throw it off the cliff like mm -hmm. the other? <laughs> nope it's a very small cliff oh, that's fair <laughs> that first one will be a 15 15 the mechanical torchbearer this comes from our list provided by goblin punch blog mechanical torchbearer follows the associated amulet or whoever is wearing it can hold six torches and relight a new one as the old one burns out looks like a mechanical spider five feet in diameter okay that's simple enough. It is, in fact, simple enough. Maybe the next one is going to be the classic one-shot, one-quill curveball. Yeah, let's see if we get uh, something that throws a wrench into this one. 24. 24. Vial of Nightshade. When drunk, it puts the body into a deep coma and ejects the spirit. You can now roam around incorporeal until you return to your body. There is a one in six chance each hour that some mishap befalls you. Uh, for example, body possessed by outsider or soul lost forever. You know, just equally comparable <laughs> issues. Coma uh, lasts for 1d3 days. I just like the idea of uh, rolling whether bad things happen to you. That's not something that's done enough. Uh, yeah, you're right. So we have a case of uh, Hollywood's The Hangover featuring a mechanical spider that lights your torches, a vial that ejects your spirit from your body. And potentially loses your soul forever, uh, puts you out for at least 1d3 days. And um, all of this is to culminate in your wizard pal that you were partying with has lost his wagon. Now, certainly that is an easy enough quest hook. Mm. Because not only have you established that this guy knows how to party, thus who doesn't love him. But he's surely going to give you guys like a little something off the top if you can find the wagon. Because he's a salesman of great items. Yeah. Spencer, I don't know what you're thinking, but I think just right off the bat, that potion of nightshade is what got you into this mess in the first place. Oh, the you wizard, think like everyone took a little sip off the, of it? The wizard pulled up and he was like, wow, you guys did such a good job. Here, everybody take a little swig of this. And then you all went down for 
three days, I guess. <laughs> and when you woke up, he was like, ah, shit, my stuff's gone. Easy enough. I feel like it kind of, just with that alone, if that's if that's start and finish for the Vial of Nightshade, I feel like we've almost missed out on some of the huge ramifications, like the one in six chance that a great mishap befalls you. Um, I think you could also have them have another bottle of Nightshade if you want it as like a mechanical thing. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Like, you know, the wizard brought out eight bottles of nightshade and there are seven people. And so you have an extra one in case it needs to be used to solve puzzles or something. Yeah. Um, but I do also like the idea that um, somebody's body was possessed. I, I kind of want to go with yours that like they've got a bottle of it that can be used for problem solving uh, just because it's easier than trying to come up with whatever could be happening with a possessed body of another character. Now, for the mechanical spider, that to me just suggests that that could be a minion that could set the theme of the dungeon where the wagon has been taken. I'm thinking like a Dwemer kind of dungeon of automatons. Uh, that could something to that be. effect. The other idea that I had was that it could be like the automaton was part of the things that the wizard had, but wasn't for whatever reason, on the cart while the amulet that's supposed to lead the automaton was. So you can use the automaton to maybe like track down wherever this person has gone. Exactly. I like that. With that being our opening, we've got the spider that's going to guide you there. You, you're given a bottle of nightshade just to try and help out. Um, maybe maybe that's just given to you on the pretense of hair of the dog that bit you. Just <laughs> this wizard knows how to cure a wicked hangover. <laughs> And then once you're off, you got to follow the spider. I'm thinking the spider I mean, gets you three quarters of the way there. Not all the way. I think that it's probably like, say the person is in a cave. They don't need to be in a cave. But say the person who stole all of it is in a cave. The spider will like lead you to the front of the cave, but can't navigate through the cave without seeing the passages that the person has taken to get there. Okay, so under that assumption, the the, the spider would still just kind of be... I guess then it would start following the party or would it just stop there? Because I think I, its torch I, capabilities would be welcomed in a dungeon. I mean, could, I think it, it depends also, on whether you bring the wizard with you. Maybe he can reconfigure the little thing to just follow one of you based off of something else. Uh -huh. The wizard gives you a, a golden wrench that if you whack this thing on the head hard enough a few <laughs> times, it will eventually do what you want it to do. I'm thinking the the spider and the fact that it, it follows the amulet wearer and it's kind of just moving in the shortest straight line that it can manage. Yeah, beeline. It's it seems like that could give way to a couple interesting encounters where you need to try and stop it from doing that because it doesn't understand it's about to make the situation dangerous. Yeah, and I'm not just talking a, about like you know I don't know ruining an ambush by just walking into the middle of the thing, but like if the hall that you're going to have to traverse, for example, or the hall that it wants to traverse is covered in oil that mm -hmm. leads back to some kegs next to you, like that's a great obstacle. Yeah. You know, I mean, someone's got to knock the thing on its ass. Even just getting to the place, like <laughs> what I just imagined is you like are following the spider and then you come up on a river and the spider starts to walk into the river and you're like, <laughs> I don't know where it's going to go on the other end. And I can't just follow it over the river. So you've got to like, Pick up the spider and... Yeah, but a bunch of mini encounters that could... I, I wouldn't say end the game right then and there, but would significantly delay you on your goal. Like, if the thing gets stuck in a river, you then have a 10 or 15 minute encounter of trying to lasso it out of the river or something. And, and I think it's, like, hard to carry, too, because it's... 
mm-hmm. an automaton. So if you pick it up, it's just going to keep walking as if it's walking, which is going to mean like you can't put it in your back or some or backpack or something like that because it's and it's five feet in diameter yeah. i mean like a big metal construct that that's got to weigh a fucking ton yeah that's a car <laughs> that is a car <laughs> that is I a car the five feet in diameter part this is a car-sized spider his name is fiat his name is fiat <laughs> um fiat's gonna guide us to the dungeon once we're in the dungeon can we think of any encounters uh from there before we I, I guess really the key question is who took this dang wagon? Yeah, I mean, I think that's... And where are they? Like, what is this dungeon? Is it a cave? Is it a ruined keep that's underground like in Oblivion? Ruined keep seems like the hot spot for bandits of all shapes and sizes. Plus, a ruined keep would have, uh, I, I would assume, old service tunnels uh, that they can kind of, mm. you know, like throw open a trap door and then there's a ramp and you get the wagon in through there or something to that effect. I mean, maybe it's not like bandits, though. I mean, it could be uh, a rival wizard. Yes, that's the could only, be a rival that's wizard. the only alternative I can think of. I got one. Uh, you could have uh, witch hunters, more or less, like people that are staunch anti-magic mm. wielders. Like, like they use abjuration magic in the effort to eventually rid the world of all other magic is their goal so maybe they confiscated this wagon and they're like yeah we're gonna fucking nullify all this shit i like that Um, uh so you got some crazy anti-magic cult who mm -hmm. came and stole this wagon and they're gonna destroy all the potions and disenchant all of the magic items and all that kind of stuff yeah i like that now that you've mentioned that that could be why the spider stops working maybe there's just like an anti-magic shell or something and so it gets to the edge of wherever this place is and then just deactivates yeah i think the the only thing i have there is it would have to be a very localized area that the anti-magic field is like maybe it's a silo that like they they use this little bubble this silo to to drop a heaping load of magic stuff in and then pull it back out but like if it's the whole fort i feel like that's that's would be fun for spellcasters unless it's something on the outside of the fort that is fairly solvable within the first encounter when you start raiding the place. Like, I don't know, shoot the crystal that's on the top of the tower, and if you deal X amount of damage to it, it ends the anti-magic field or something. I think if you're looking for other kind of encounters to throw in, maybe once you're at the fort, I feel like these kind of witch hunters might enjoy using... uh, We've mentioned it before on this show. It's not 5e canon. I think it's a couple editions old, but the disenchanter beast mm. would probably be a nice pet for them i like the idea that they all know how to cast counter spell which would be annoying as a player i will admit but intensely but there's also some other fun anti-magic spells you know like uh absorb elements or whatever where mm-hmm. you you soak up a spell and then it enhances whatever melee attack you do next um yeah i don't know i just like the idea of like a like an orthodox puritan witch hunter or something that just hates magic and wants to to end all of that so yeah i like this anti-magic witch hunter cult thing that we've got going on do you think they're occup what kind of area are they occupying like is, is it an old dilapidated church or a fort uh i like the idea of it being ruins like something I, on the outskirts of town i mean i think that if you want to like give it some uh lore significance it could be like some sort of small town 
that was ruined in like a magical accident that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for some meddling wizard. And they've kind of rebuilt parts of it, obviously, so that they can live in it. But most of it's just this dilapidated town. And that's where most of the recruits for this guild came from was people wanted revenge. Mm. I love that. That's that's super good. It had to be something remote uh, or or dilapidated in my in my heart of hearts because I feel like these guys wouldn't make any friends in any town they went to otherwise. Yeah, like, <laughs> it'd be um, hard to stick it in there. I think yeah, you could have like a central encounter then be uh, uh, maybe at like the old church or something to that effect. Um, it could oh it could even be. I feel like maybe they. Maybe they've turned the old library or like academy or wizard's home into some kind of place of worship after fucking ruining everything, like smashing all the alchemy mm. labs and ripping all the books off the wall and shit. Um, I, I also yeah, turn like, it into a temple. I, I said the thing about counterspell, but I do like the dichotomy of uh, them having to use some sort of magic because you mentioned abjuration magic. Uh, the dichotomy of them having to extensively use like types of magic to further their goal of people not using magic. I just like that mm -hmm. as uh, kind of a brotherhood of steel type thing. Maybe that's even like the when you get to the head witch hunter guy who has quote unquote been destroying all of this stuff. He's just got his own little collection of all of these magic items and stuff and He's essentially gone completely insane, and he's like, well, I'm the only one who's allowed to use them. I'm the only one responsible enough. You all will hurt each other and blow up the... Maybe he's like the... Was at the epicenter of this magical accident. He's like, I'm the only one who can be trusted. I like that, especially because if he surrounds himself with all of these kind of scrolls and whatnot, that could then make the boss fight against him a little more interesting, is mm. his hubris of keeping them around at all is what leads to his downfall. I also think uh, something else that's clicking with me, I think like our last little loose end that we probably need to tie up here mm. is we still haven't found like an extra idea for how to use the nightshade. Good old soul ejector. Uh, it says it's, it makes you ethereal, right? Yes. It ejects your spirit from your body for up to three days. Can ethereal, ethereal things can move through walls, right? Yes, they can. That was definitely, yeah. I, I did mean, think some, some kind of, locked out puzzle could be solved to that effect yeah that that seems like the simplest thing although I, maybe we don't need to go super complicated with it just off of that bit but i do wonder if you could combine the mishap thing with the uh anti-magic cult like for example like your soul gets stuck in another person's body, like like you could become one of the cult members, you mean? I was more thinking maybe, and I don't know how you would reconcile this in combat, but maybe you can't, you know, get back into your body because of the effects of whatever magical effects are making this town or dampening magic in this town. I like that. The only other thing I can think of to that end, or the only alternative use would be we talked about the the brotherhood of steel element of like how they despise in this analogy they despise technology but yet they have all the power armor and the laser weapons and shit um it could be fascinating to see these guys hoard and stockpile magic items to use on themselves not just the head guy like maybe mm -hmm. some of them also buy into this if they're battling the party or something and uh you know one of these witch hunters bowls a guy over 
and sees this potion vial around his neck, he just snatches it up and takes it. Like, yeah, that would be interesting. I, th- I think their like willingness to just use any magic because they think they're the only ones responsible enough to handle it. Mm-hmm. And blindly trusting that they can imbibe literally any potion put in front of them. I think that could be another. I, I think that's very fun. I, I like the idea that they are so fanatical that it's literally just. Just massively hypocritical. Yeah. Like, so so they're, all cl- they're all carrying flaming swords that they've stolen. Uh, and when someone says, hey, isn't a flaming sword like extremely dangerous? They're like, well, I'm not going to hurt anyone with it as they're swinging it <laughs> at you. I love this premise. I lo- This is like we accidentally stumbled into a fun villain. Yeah. Like a really cool faction of villains <laughs> that are just like very flawed in an interesting way. Um, hey, I, I know if- we got to uh, name the episode, but do we want to figure out a name for this cult? <laughs> I think Bay's. B-A-E-S, which is uh, which is Brothers Against Evil Sorcery. Mm. That was my Mads Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Uh, sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, what's next? What else? What else do we have? <laughs> Order of the Unraveling, because like magic is all powered by the weave. And so something that wants to try and rip those threads out would be a cool play on words. Is there something with arcane like the. I was going to say anti-cane, uh, but that just sounds like you're against canes. <laughs> Abjurers of the Arcane. Um, Arcanal. Are we trying to find a pun title for the episode and that also works for the cult name or what's going on here? Because <laughs> you said Arcanal. I me. just thought of that uh, portmanteau. Uh, I do think it's a good name for the episode. Arcanal. That works. Uh, and I think, frankly, uh, we could sit here for yeah. About an hour coming up with cult names. The Order of the Spellbreaker. Order I, of the Nullifiers. One of those two. Those are both good. I gotta say, I don't know how funny this one was. I think it's a very solid premise. I don't I don't know what you mean. I've never tried to be funny on the show. I've never told a joke. <laughs> That's true. You it comes to you so effortlessly. Spencer? You want to wrap this up? I would love to put it in a neat little bow. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of One Shot One Quill. I've been Spencer. That is Ben over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we make this every single week. We come out on Tuesdays and you can rate and review us. That would always be helpful. iTunes preferably. If you wish to tweet any suggestions such as items or premises to use in one of our episodes here, Ben, how can people do that? Uh, they can do that by finding us on Twitter. Our handle is at dndpod. That is d-n-d-p-o-d. Uh, they can contact us just by tweeting at us or dming us uh both of those work our theme song is alitavera dolgulier by morgan the bard off the album lost in time as always hands clasped thank you folks for your patronage now if you'll excuse me i have to go finish the fight i gotta get a drink of water